Good evening, IT entrepreneurs, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Joe Panateri, content czar for AfterNines.com. Thanks for joining us each Tuesday night at 9.01 p.m. Eastern and sometimes in between. Now, on to podcast episode 26, my conversation with Cumulo CEO Peter Godman. His storage startup emerged from a two-year stealth mode yesterday, backed by $67 million in venture funding. We discuss data-aware scale-out NAS, plus the strategy to raise so much money before you announce products. Pete, nice to be talking to you. How you been? Joe, pleasure to be here. Been very well. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, especially for the timing of this. Uh, it, it really is special timing for this podcast because Cumulo, your, your company, is coming out of stealth mode. For our listeners who have not heard of the company, tell us, what is Cumulo? Uh, so Cumulo builds the world's first data-aware, scale-out, network-attached storage product. And to your point, it is a, it's a big deal for us. We've been in stealth for about three years now, which is a long time for a company to go without talking about what it does. So excited to be talking with you today. Well, that's fantastic. Now, tell me a little bit more. You use that term scaled out network attached storage, so scaled out NAS. What is that exactly? So NAS is a type of storage that talks to servers via Ethernet, typically. Uh, and, and traditionally, NAS is a type of storage that talks file protocols, so uh, NFS and SMB. And what we do is we build one of those that scales indefinitely, but most importantly, uh, helps administrators understand their data footprint and manage it. And that's a different thing from storage management. This is really about data. Okay. What, what, define that a little bit more. What do you mean in terms of the difference between data and storage? Yeah, so if you think about your laptop, right, somewhere inside it, there's an SSD or a spinning disk or something. There's an actual device there that you can put data on. That's the storage part of it, right? But your files your Word docs, your music files, all of your podcasts that you've created, et cetera, that's the data. Mm -hmm. And the difference is that the data is the thing that intrinsically has a lot of value. Storage typically doesn't have a lot of value. You can kind of see it as the relationship between a safe and the millions of dollars that you put inside it, right? One right. has way more value than the other. Okay. Now let's assume I'm a potential customer. As you're going out to market with this solution, are you going after small businesses, mid-size, enterprise, or a little bit of both? And what's the ultimate benefit for those customers? Yeah, so we build a solution, uh, the entry price of which starts at $50,000, but which you can scale to many, many petabytes. So we actually cover a really broad range in the market. And we have customers uh, from some of the very large uh, largest U.S. companies, all the way down to uh, fairly small local uh, concerns that have to store quite a bit of data. Uh, and the reason why they're interested in our product is they've gotten past the point where just creating a big bucket to put data in is the problem. The, the point where they've gotten to is that the data itself and managing that data has become a big problem. Mm. So one of the things we heard pretty early on was, we talked to some folks that had you know, 10 to 20 petabytes of, of data, but more importantly, they had uh, a 10 billion files, and they made the comment to us, we have all this storage, great, but we have no idea what's inside it. Right. And we had a lot of that when we started the company and decided, look, this is a big problem unto itself, and, and storage should really be smarter at saying something about the data that's stored inside it. Right. So, so is this, I could be way off base here, but is this like a modern day content management system, a new approach to managing all your information? 
Yeah, so you know, content management systems of one form or another sort of come at it from a very application-specific or domain-specific direction. Right. And <clears throat> as such, they tend to be more concerned about what's inside the individual files. Um, but there's net, storage has never really approached it from the other direction, which is uh, you know, tell me about all files and the storage resources they consume and who use them and so forth. So there's never uh, been an approach to that through the lens of storage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always come at it from an application-specific realm, and that can be really valuable, but it tends to be application by application by application. Got it. Okay. Okay, so you know, I, I was reading up on the company a little bit as you're emerging from stealth here, and one of the, one of the taglines or one of the, th- the themes I heard and or read is you know, really providing en- the end of the data storage and management struggles that enterprises face today. I mean, you're striving to put an end to that. But on the flip side, you know, corporate and, and cloud storage consumption, it's growing so fast these days. Can you really put an end to, to those struggles of managing all that information? So completely putting an end to all woes associated with storage is a noble goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it's not practical in the near term for any company to do that, I think. There have been plenty of companies trying to do it for 20 years. I would say that our unique take on this problem is there are lots of storage companies out there that love to say, manage your data, not your storage. And really, we kind of see that as, as a little nonsensical. Right. Uh, we'd rather put people in a position where managing both storage and data is absurdly easy. Right. Uh, and we think that there are uh, pretty disruptive things that we can do um, that will bring that about. Okay. Now, now, Cumulo, that's the actual company name. And then I think, correct me if I'm wrong, your platform, your solution that you're launching is, is Cumulo, excuse me, Cumulo Core. Now, is that a hardware appliance tied to the cloud or is it just a standalone appliance? What is the actual solution set? Yeah, so the way to understand this is Cumulo Core is an entire Cumulo system, mm-hmm. which is the coupling of some sort of container with our software-based scale-out storage system. And the container can be a virtual machine or it can be a cloud instance. But today we sell primarily our own hardware appliances. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our customers bring their own hardware into the mix. So that's the infrastructure layer. And then uh, QSFS, our Cumulo Scalable File System, is a piece of software that joins all of those hardware resources together to create a single virtual filer. Okay. And then that sort of that system where all the annex, analytics live. And, and so if, I, if I'm the end user here, I, I could get a dashboard to see what's all going on. Does all that live in that, that information, does that ultimately live in your cloud or third-party clouds? Where, where does everything get compiled and analyzed? So well, we actually do uh, all of the analysis. Uh, so, so there's a lot of sensitivity around data. Mm-hmm. Once you get past just plain storage and you're talking about even file names, right. that sort of thing, not everyone can afford to have their file names live in the cloud. Right. You could understand the name of a new movie that way, or you could uh, you could uh, uncover patient data by understanding file names. So that wouldn't be cool. So most of that stuff has to live on-prem or okay. wherever the infrastructure for someone's storage footprint lives. But separately, we actually do monitoring of the systems themselves and as much stuff as we can do without... Uh, getting into actual data um, from our cloud-based monitoring service, which we call Mission Q. Okay. All right. Now it's becoming clear to me. Thank you for that clarification. Now, where does your initiative and and your focus area, does that overlap at all with the whole software-defined storage trend in conversation, or or is your focus area not in the software-defined storage uh, market? Yeah, so uh, I've been tracking uh, software-defined storage a little over the last few years, uh, and it really took me a long time to figure out what people are talking about because everyone's talking about <laughs> same, something different. Same here. 
and I, you know, I, I, amusingly, for a long time, Wikipedia, Wikipedia's first sentence on software-defined storage is, software-defined storage is a marketing-driven theme. Right. And I, I looked at that and I said, you know, I don't really want to be a marketing-driven theme that much. Uh, I'd rather, <laughs> you know, solve real problems for real people. So, right. I, you know, with, I, I think that to the extent that software-defined storage means for people that servers uh, are now storage, uh, then sure, yeah. Right. But that's not that's not the solution to a problem. That's just a theme. So uh, um, uh, uh, really what we're doing is solving a very concrete problem, which is helping people manage a lot of data. Okay. Now, now you're three years into this journey, give or take, emerging from stealth mode. As, as I understand it, I think you've assembled quite a team uh, of, of veterans from you know the worlds of EMC, Amazon, Microsoft. Tell me a little bit about the type of talent you need to attract to get this company going. Yeah, so his, I mean, for, I think for any startup today that builds fundamental new technology, you know, we, we built a brand new file system, a brand mm -hmm. new scale-out file system over the last three years. So it's 100% brand new code, brand new technology, and a new approach to building this sort of system. But those things require enormous amounts of engineering effort uh, from, you know, the best engineers that, that you can possibly find. Uh, and that's what we've gone through over the last three years is just look for the most capable engineers who can build systems code and also front-end code over the last three years. And we've been lucky to attract some really unbelievable people into our team mm. uh, from all the places you mentioned, from, uh, yes, yeah, I'm from EMC, from, uh, from Amazon, from Microsoft, et cetera. Um, I think that's going to be the case for most infrastructure startups today is that a lot of the story is just about um, you know the engineers that you can attract into the mix. Now, more recently, we've been building out a field sales force, and we've also been blessed to, to have a really remarkable field sales force uh, join our efforts. Good stuff. But it, you know, it sounds like you guys truly are engineering at the core during this build out, and now you're you're uh, you're getting the right additional bats into the lineup just as we're heading into the uh, to the main season, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. Although you know, when we look at look out at our hiring over the next couple of years is still uh, predominantly the search for great engineers to join other great engineers. Excellent. Now, tell me a little bit about your own personal path to launching uh, Cumulo and, and basically your background, as I understand it, you've been involved with multiple startups, multiple disruptors, real networks, and the, and the list goes on. Walk us a little bit through that list and how each stop may have influenced and or helped you with this latest launch. Yeah, so I think the path to learning can be a long one. Mm. And every company that I've worked at in my professional career has been a startup. Mm. Right out of college, I went to MIT. Uh, I almost graduated. And, and right, right at the point where I almost graduated, I joined a startup called Video Guide, which was a really cool place. They had a really great product. It was basically TiVo, mm -hmm. uh, before TiVo that no one actually really wanted. <laughs> right. And they never really figured out distribution. <clears throat> and one of the things that I learned over the course of my career is, you know, there. Are, uh, Chris Bennett said this to me one time, and it really stuck with me. He said that every job or, or jobs have to be about building cool stuff that people buy with friends. Right. And most of the startups I worked at had something wrong there for me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> right. that people buy was a big problem with Video Guide, uh, and so we ended up selling the company to Gemstar. Real networks, those were cool products and people bought them. I, I didn't always feel like I had friends at that company. Mm. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, Isilon kind of coupled all of those or tripled all those things together. 
Uh, it was really a, a great group of people building a product that was really disruptive and interesting to people. Uh, Karenzik may be the great example of a, of a really cool company building really cool technology with really great people, um, but we didn't do our homework on the market, and so we didn't really understand that it was something that people would ever want to buy, and the, you know, the party always ends when people don't want to buy it. So right. you know, in response to all of this, what we realized was that, you know, A, we have to bring great uh, people into Cumulo, um, but then we have to be uh, really sure that whatever it is that we build, people are really excited about. So we put an amazing amount of energy into research at Cumulo to make sure that the problem we're going after was something that people deeply care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, so so it's been a three-year journey so far. I'm curious to know, from the original inception, if you walk me back three years ago to where you are today, um, the, the, the solution you're delivering, does it match the original vision that you set out with three years ago? Or did you have to do some course corrections uh, over the past three years just because markets change and evolve and, and there you are in stealth mode? So I'm curious to know how much of uh, the current launch actually refl- reflects that original blueprint and genesis of the company. Yeah, fantastic question because everyone assumes that a startup has a founder vision. Right. Some particular thing that you're going to go do. Right. And Cumulo really didn't have a vision, a product vision from the outset. And I think if we had, we would have done a lot of research work to, um, to validate that vision mm-hmm. uh, rather than disprove it. Uh, really what we started out with was a commitment to research that was really deep uh, and, a, and a belief that if we did that, we would find the right path along the way. And I know that sounds you know, a little bit woo, but, uh, but really that's a better process. So we more had a vision about how to build a good product mm-hmm. than a vision about the product that we should build. And it probably took us about a year uh, to really start separating out, um, you know, what are the nice-to-haves and what are the things that would really move the needle for the market. Um, but it was a great process. We talked to more than 600 end users of data storage uh, over the first year and a half of our existence. Mm. And, uh, and these really amazing common themes started to come out of that research. Nothing really beats research. So in answer to your question, um, no, it doesn't really match, and there are definitely some uh, some course corrections all, along the way, but they were very slight. I mean, we were pretty much um, we've produced very little wasted uh, work along the way, and I would credit uh, continual research with that rather than you know it's it's when you don't research and you don't really understand that you have to make a dramatic course correction. Hmm. We really haven't had to make one of those. Understood. Okay. Now, uh, let me see if I have my math correct, and correct me if I'm wrong, of course. I think you've raised about $67 million in total so far, in, involving two rounds of funding, and the latest is this uh, $40 million Series B that's just getting announced now. Um, in, in terms of raising that much money while you're still in stealth mode, I mean, l- let me just uh, be blunt. Were you guys late with product here, or are you just building such a vastly improved mousetrap that, that the VCs were willing to pour in money and allow you to remain, uh, remain in stealth mode for an extended period of time? Yeah, I think the reason why you know some people might look at it and say, "Well, those guys must be late," mm-hmm. is that typically a storage startup, uh, particularly, will launch their company um, probably at the stage where we were at eighteen to twenty-four months ago. Okay, they'll they'll launch when they have uh, an architecture vision. Um, they won't typically have customers, and more often than not, they don't have a GA product. Mm. So we actually GA'd up. We've had a system in production at a customer site for 15 months now, 
we effectively GA'd our product six months ago, but we didn't advertise and we didn't launch. Mm-hmm. And the reason was that when we got to this stage, when we got to the, the actual launch, we wanted to be a place where we had uh, a large number of customers who would be able to stand up with us and say, we've been using Cumulo for six months and here's what we're using it for, rather than just announcing an architecture or just announcing a vision or something like that. Because you only have one chance to make a first impression and, and we wanted our first impression to be one of us having the the really the first stage of the story, the product market fit mostly figured out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you you raise the curtain now, and you don't have to sell people on a vision. You can sell them on a, a hardened real world solution that's actually running out in the market. I guess is is the way to summarize it. Fair to put. That's right. Um, I mean, we yeah. So uh, we're announcing at, at launch. We're announcing fifteen customers. Mm. And uh, a majority of those have been running in production for some time. So we don't have to say this is what the future is going to look like. Right. Uh, we can, we're actually talking about what the present looks like. Okay. So tell me more about the present and the, the months and the weeks ahead. Now, Cumulo Core, is this available to additional customers immediately? Or are you doing some sort of staged uh, rollout? What's the, what's the approach going forward? No, we're um, we're actively selling the product, and we'll start marketing the product, you know, in broadcast fashion, mm-hmm. uh, right at the launch. Um, and we're happy to talk to anyone and everyone who needs to store large amounts of unstructured data, particularly so file data. You know, if you have um, you know fifty terabytes plus of unstructured data to store, and you're interested in managing your data footprint, uh, then I'm sure we'd love to talk with you. Um, and you know, even though I say fifty terabytes to start, you know, this is up to uh, many, many, many petabytes. So I would say, you know, 50 terabytes to 100 petabytes, uh, we'd love to talk with you. Wow, fantastic. Now, is this primarily a North America or U.S. push, or are you going global, uh, excuse me, global right out the door? Right now, we're focused on North America. Excellent. Okay. Other big priorities for 2015. How, how would you sort of, if, if I was sitting with you right now and I, I was looking at a whiteboard and you were writing on it, what would you put on that priority list? Is it talent? Is it customer acquisition? Is it R&D? What's right at the top of the list for you? This year is really about customer acquisition for us. Mm-hmm. We've had many customers in production for some time now uh, with really a pristine operating track record. We're ready to scale. Uh, people love the product that we've built. And so it's customer acquisition. Great. Any other big priorities there? I mean, tell me a little bit about the uh, your locations. Where are you headquartered, by the way? Uh, yeah, we're based in Seattle, Washington. There are about 90 people in the company today. Um, and uh, other priorities for the year, I think, you know, we we tend to stay really, really focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is really our go-to-market year. Uh, and, and everyone in the company is focused on that one goal. Fantastic. Well, Pete, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Good luck with the launch, and thank you again. Thank you very much, Joe, for having me on the show today. To appear in a podcast and discuss your business strategy, Contact Amy Katz for sponsorship information. That's amy at afternines.com. Remember to visit afternines.com daily to read our latest blogs or to subscribe to our newsletter. And remember to join us every Tuesday night at 9.01 p.m. Eastern for Good Evening IT Entrepreneurs. I'm Joe Panateri, signing off for afternines.com.